So welcome to our third episode of whatisyourworldview.com. In this episode, I get to talk to one of my RE teaching heroes, Dr. Trevor Cooling. Now I say <laughs> Dr. Trevor Cooling, actually it's Professor Trevor Cooling. Um, in a podcast that's all about talking with accuracy. Uh, what an absolute howler I learned at the beginning of it. Anyway, I'd like to thank Professor Trevor for taking the time to talk with me today. Admittedly, we do live in quite gloomy times and there's a lot for us to feel despondent about. Yet Trevor was really good and brought a lot of encouragement in this. So thank you, Trevor, for that. And uh, with that, I'll just hand over to this interview. It feels very um, self-important, but you are Dr. Trevor Cooling, right? Uh, well, I'm Professor Trevor Cooling, actually. Are you really? Okay, well, uh, I'm... Yes. Uh, <laughs> I've been for 10 years, actually, so... My... But most people... Most people call me Trevor. I have to share this story online because it's, uh, maybe I'll cut this out, but um, <laughs> I went to a Sikh Gurdwara with you. The gentleman that get, thanked you for arranging the trip thanked you as Dr. Cool, which to me is so funny because there's that Boney M song about Daddy Cool. And every time I think of your name, I always think about that moment because I, I just find it so <laughs> hilarious. I have to say, um, Jason, that I'm very pleased that the highlight of your two-year <laughs> diploma in RE was that particular instance in the seat temp seat good work. So Trevor, thank you for this interview. I'm at the start of a very interesting journey. I felt it was important at the time, at this time, where demonising people and cancelling people out seems to have become a default option. It seems to be that if we differ from people or if we feel righteously indignant towards them, we seem to be cutting them out as a toxic option. Now, I've been teaching RE now for nearly three decades, and I began that journey being trained by you. Uh, so this is a slightly weird thing where I'm kind of going back to the roots. And I just want to check with you if you have any thoughts on going forwards. Yeah, I do. It's incredibly important because I do think that increasingly it seems the culture is to um, seek to put people into boxes, which you can then kick off uh, and out of the way because you don't like them. Almost stereotyping people that goes on because they happen to be associated with a particular position that you don't agree with. Just seems to be something that's more culturally acceptable. And the idea that actually we're all human beings in this together, you may differ from each other on things, but we are actually, we do have this shared common humanity. For me, it's all about being created in the image of God, gets lost. So one of the things that from quite early on in my experience of RE, I was determined uh, to be embracing of other people's views and I just think it's it's very fulfilling to meet people on those sorts of terms and not be frightened by them because they have been a different camp from you. So you're very painfully aware as I am that we live in divisive times that are easily divisive so I so positively speaking I've perhaps the best bit of advice I've had on engaging with people who have different points of view is to seek to study them to be accurate and to understand them from within their own traditions to do it in a kind and compassionate tone so even if you disagree with them you still hold them in high regard and finally to be transparent that is to be prepared to be open about what you have problems with now those that's a very tricky trio to keep in tension I mean and almost impossible 
But that's that's the way forward I'm going to try and go. Uh, well, I think, first of all, I, I'd encourage you because I think it's a really um, positive way to, um, to behave in a society that is becoming increasingly um, diverse. You know, the, the range of views that you find are, are just huge. I mean, my own personal experience, but I can talk about that for a moment just to sort of mm-hmm. pick up your point, is particularly with people who are in a organization called Humanists UK, which is the sort of organization for humanists. And I've worked alongside people in that organization uh, in my role in something called the RE Council. And one of the things that I used to enjoy was that at one point I was the chair and my treasurer was from Humanists UK. And I was there as someone who was a proponent of church schools. Now his job his daytime job within Humanist UK was to run their campaigns to close the schools, which gave me my job. <laughs> so what I learned was that even in those sorts of situations of direct political opposition, you can actually have very positive relationships and you can learn a lot from other people and you can achieve people things together as well. But you do have to recognise that actually you are going to be in opposition when it comes to certain crunch issues. Did you sometimes have to just be really overt with each other and say... Oh, okay, yeah. look, we need to realise we're probably not going to agree on this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we knew that. I mean, and I wrote stuff which actually critiqued their approach to church schools. Yeah. You, I mean, I do think you have to be aware. And I think you have to realise that you're going to get hurt because sometimes it does hurt when people attack what's at the heart of your own very being, you know, what you care about most. So you have to be prepared to be hurt by uh, taking diversity seriously. If you're too precious with yourself, and if you know, you, you don't get anywhere. And the other thing that I think you said, which I do believe is very important, is really trying to understand things from the other from the other person's perspective. So what is it that they're saying that you really need to hear and that you're not hearing properly because of your own sort of positioning? And that that is very, very difficult to do. And you've got to have a lot of commitment process to, to do that. I suppose some people are afraid of going native. I think that's one thing I've learned is that you can't go in thinking that actually you're going not you're not going to change and you're going to make friends with people and then they're going to change that doesn't work you both change hopefully but letting yourself change is quite a high risk thing to do so if i'm reading you correctly i mean certainly the thing that's forming in my mind as you speak probably a starting point is the idea that you don't have all of the answers and that you might actually be wrong on some things yeah. which is just quite a vulnerable position to take well if i put my uh, professorial gown on for you now that's what we call epistemic humility it's about recognizing that you don't know everything that you see through a glass darkly you know the whole pauline idea there just because we happen to be convicted of the truth of our position so for me as a christian i am convicted of the truth of jesus christ as the son of god that doesn't mean to say that I, I know everything and I therefore can go in and just sort of tell everybody and not expect to learn anything from them. Epistemic humility is that we hold our beliefs knowing that we are always partially cited in that sense. Which seems better because there are different extremes with this, aren't there? There's the view that no one knows anything. Let's take an example that um, recently in the news, the tearing down of statues because of slavery issues. You know, at the core of that, there are very, very good and right concerns. If someone in that kind of situation was taking on this approach, they would want to hold on to what they feel is true and right, but be prepared to have aspects of it challenged. Yeah. So an example of that might be the recognition that 
or the acceptance that applying the standards of the 21st century to say the 19th or 18th century may not be a fair thing to do, entirely fair thing to do, because what tends to happen is that outright condemnation of figures will happen from the anti-slavery movement and the defenders of the sort of uh, British Empire heritage side of things might say, um, oh, no, no, we've got to be proud of our past. And the recognition, actually, that there was more to it than that at their time is a recognition that you may have to make, but it's not a giving away of your commitment to the wrongness of slavery. It's just a recognition of the complexity of the situation. But that can be hard to do. That can be hard to do because, you know, we're all very passionate and rightly so about these things. If I think about it too much, I feel quite depressed at the moment. I am really fearful about the notion that there might be another Trump presidency, maybe Donald Jr., but there might be another one in four years' time. Because I think the culture that he has nurtured and encouraged is really scary. It's frightening for the future of, of the human race. I mean, that sounds you know a bit uh, dramatic, but I, I think it's really serious. It does go down to him actually saying, I have no time for anybody who's different from me. So if I think too much about that, that depresses me. But then I get into the RE Council work that I do, where I'm working with people from many diverse traditions. And actually, I think there's a lot of hope here. <laughs> there's a lot of hope in seeing people trying to relate well to each other when they disagree very fundamentally, which they do in the RE Council, because it's such a diverse group. And that's why I've done, I've done it and stuck with it for so many years. If someone's not involved in the RE Council, are there other areas for hope? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's I obviously a well of great joy for you. It but is. For people like yeah. myself, who are just ordinary punters. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so the other great hope is the people we live next door to. The fact that there is potential in society now for meeting people. And I mean, we've just moved house and the house we lived in for 17 years. Our neighbours were a Hindu family on one side of us, a Muslim family over the road. Next door to us was a thoroughly white British working class guy married to a Filipino lady. Very interesting community. And just living there was a great experience and meeting people and realizing that people had very common concerns but actually very different cultures as well that experience is available to anybody actually if you look for it i think just being prepared to step out of it meet people what i love about what you're saying trevor is that it does come down to just keeping your eyes open and being prepared to just take the situation you're in and getting on with it positively because although there's all these great big tremors trump or whatever you have ordinary people on a grassroots level who can just simply get on with the work of getting to know each other, being open and listening to yeah. each other. And that's where it begins and that's where it continues. And I'd encourage people to grab the opportunities where there are there. It's always a bit frightening. I mean, the very first time you meet up socially with people who do come from a very different environment, mm -hmm. learning to be uncomfortable in someone else's environment is part of it. You must have watched the Lord of the Rings films. At least you must have read The Lord of the Rings. The hobbits are so, given little gifts for their journey. What's What gift would you give me on my journey? What gift would I give you on your journey? Oh, wow. I think I'd give you the gift of your ability to carry on laughing and smiling. <laughs> it masks. It's a thin mask underneath a well of doom. <laughs> I think laughing and smiling, humour, those sorts of things are 
really important. And one of the things that uh, when it comes around, you know, every six years or whatever it is, that we have a conversation. That's one of the things that I enjoy is the, the laughter and the smiling. And I think that's really important. That's, I think we've learned that in lockdown. Yeah. A lot of people learn that in lockdown. But also when, um, you know, when people are struggling with their differences, sometimes being able to laugh together is a very, very good experience. So episode three, hopefully you found something really helpful in that. And thank you again, Professor Trevor Cooling. And with that, I'm just going to finish with uh, the only bit of music that's appropriate at this stage. Daddy, daddy cool. Daddy, daddy cool.